This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 417, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, October the 12th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 417. It's our Comic Reviews episode for, for releases from the week of Wednesday, October the 12th. We're coming to you uh, on the 21st, so we're a little late this time. Um, so soon we're going to be talking about comics that came out a couple days ago, in fact, two days ago. But before we do, let's give uh, one last look at the comics that came out the week of the 12th, why don't we? Uh, there was a lot of releases that actually came out. Um, let's first of all, there's a lot of books I did not get a chance to read. I uh, think I mentioned in the last episode of the podcast that uh, I ended up uh, going to uh, the Cleveland uh, this past weekend for uh, American League Championship uh, baseball game uh, between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Cleveland Indians, which unfortunately the Jays lost, and then eventually they would end up losing the rest of the series. It was actually at the Game 5 where they were eliminated, which was a sad experience, that's for sure. Um, anyways, it meant I did not have a, chan- a lot of chances to read a lot of comics this week. Some of the comics I didn't get a chance to get around to yet include Batgirl and the Birds of Prey number 3, new issues of Deathstroke, Doom Patrol, haven't even started Doom Patrol, uh, Flash, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, I finally got caught up, now I'm behind again, uh, new Superman, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Scooby Apocalypse, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, Suicide Squad, Supergirl, Superwoman, uh, Unfollow, Winter Woman, Duck Avenger, Mickey Mouse Schwartz Season 1, uh, number four, Uncle Scrooge's Last Adventure Trade Paperback, uh, Deadpool, uh, Great Lakes Avengers. I can't, I can't believe I didn't read that yet. Uh, new issue of Gwenpool, Howard the Duck, uh, Moon Knight, Mosaic is the new, uh, one of the new launches as part of Marvel Now, Old Man Logan, um, actually, I think I may have actually read that. I don't remember. Power Man and Iron Fist, number nine, Punisher, number six, Solo, number one, Star Wars Han Solo, number four, and Uncanny Avengers, number 15. Um, so with all that being said, what did I get a chance to read? Well, I did get a chance to read Action Comics, um, which I've been really enjoying since it's uh, kind of got rebirthed, so to speak. Uh, with issue 965 came out on the 12th. This was a bit of a focus more on Lois, um, which I actually thought was a, a nice way to go. I like that it's called uh, Miss uh, Lois Lane Back at the Planet, Part 1, by Dan Jurgens and Steven Segovia. Um... Dan Jurgens is actually scheduled to be on the podcast shortly. Um, at the moment, we're, we're I think it might be episode 420. Um, we're going to be having a conversation with him very shortly and being able to talk to him about his resurgence. It's interesting. He was on the show last year, about a year and a half ago, and it's very different. Like within a year and a half, like now he's the you know the main arch- architect behind uh, Superman's Adventures in Action Comics and is a, a big part of that book. And at the time when we talked to him, yeah, I think uh, I don't think any like convergence was happening. I don't think he'd started. Um, work on uh, Batman Beyond yet, so it'd be interesting to talk to him because so much has changed and he's been involved in a lot more projects and we're seeing a lot more output from Dan, uh, and a lot of it's been super solid, so I'm really excited to talk to him in a few days. Um, but this issue uh, was focused on uh, the Lois from the pre-Flashpoint universe, basically trying to pretend to be uh, new Lois. Um, I th- just thought this was really, really interesting and engaging, seeing her kind of bluffing her way past uh, Lex Luthor, past um, uh, Perry White, the, the kind of the false Clark, uh, I thought was really interesting. And the ending I thought was really cool because it kind of um, has l- the lowest of the 
uh, pre-Flashpoint universe coming up against uh, Lana Lang of the New 52 universe, who's now Superwoman in the Superwoman book, who obviously knows why Lois has not been around and why she's been missing. Uh, this was, I thought, really interesting, really well-written. Um, Steven Segovia had a great sense of style uh, for the issue. I thought it was very clean, uh, very enjoyable art. Um, this book remains, you know, I would say one of the better pieces of the Rebirth puzzle. Um, there's been a lot of Rebirth books, some of them great, some of them not as good. Um, I would say that Action Comics for me has been consistently enjoyable. Um, I know some people were not super big fans of the Doomsday arc just because it felt like it was maybe a little, um, a little, not slow. I just think maybe it was a little repetitive, but I personally really dug it, and I think that, um, Jurgens is just doing a fantastic job uh, with his take on these characters. And I liked his take on Lois and focusing more on her because I think that she hasn't been getting as much of a focus now that uh, Cal is back in the, you know, kind of the spotlight. So I like that we're getting a bit more of a tighter focus on her here and getting to see inside her mind. Uh, next up is Action, sorry, not Action, uh, All Star Batman number three. I'm not a huge fan. Um, I know I'm supposed to be because it's. Now, Scott Snyder, and you have artwork by John Romita Jr., and I just feel like the artwork by Romita Jr., it's actually, it's, it's actually some of the better artwork we've seen, but it's, it just, it lacks a certain something. I don't know if he can't, if his take on Batman doesn't quite work, and some of the characters that they're involved with doesn't quite feel, I don't know, Batman-ish? I don't even know what, um, it just doesn't quite feel right. The, the story's okay, but I don't know, it's this weird adventure that I'm just not, feeling all that invested in. The fact that Harvey and um, and Batman are having a bit of a um, uh, kind of retconned previous relationship as kids, I don't really care for that. I don't think it's necessary. I mean, it, it's okay. It's got some good elements, you know, with, with the KG Beast. and uh, But overall, I just feel like the story isn't connecting with me. It isn't hitting on all cylinders. It's not quite keeping me invested uh, I kind of read an issue, I'm like, oh yeah, and then I, I finish the issue, and I forget about it completely, whereas some of these other books have stayed with me, and I think about, oh, what did I read? Oh yeah, that was a really good issue. With All-Star Batman, I just don't feel like the issues are that memorable. Like You just kind of read it, and you're like, it's very disposable. Um, I mean, and there was a time and a place when that was okay. Uh, comics were meant to be disposable entertainment back in the day, but I just feel like now we have greater expectations on the writing and the art, and I just feel like when a book doesn't really leave a lasting impression of me, that's not a good sign. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 6. Next up is Daredevil number 12. This is actually really interesting and engaging. Um, it's by Charles Sewell, artwork by Ron Garney. It makes sense that he would use the Inhumans because he's intimately familiar with how they can work as characters. Um, really interesting concept with regards to the Inhuman here. Um, Daredevil and, and Matt Murdock dealing with this, you know, serial killer. Um, Really kind of very cool stuff, uh, especially like Daredevil going up against Karnak. I thought it was really well done and well paced. Garney's artwork is fantastic. I I should really reach out to him and see if I can get him back on the show. I just I've been so enjoying his work. Um, such a different feel. I think a big part of that is the colors, but I'm really impressed. Um, and he's been doing a great job with with uh, Sewell's um, um, scripts, and I, again, I just think Sewell's been doing an amazing job as well. I'm going to give an issue a, a nice 8 out of 10. It, it's it's really solid. I've been such a huge fan of what they've been doing. 
it's obviously very different from the Mark Wade Chris Omni stuff, and it's meant to be. Um, and I kind of like that it's it's so starkly different that you can't compare them, and that's good because I think Wade's run was so amazing, and so was the Sewell's. But I think Wade's maybe transcended into a different level. But they're also such different books that you can't compare them, and I like that. That I feel weird even comparing the two because they're such. It's like comparing Frank Miller's Daredevil to Stanley's Daredevil. Like, yeah, it's both characters named Daredevil, but that's about it because like it's so phenomenally different in tone and and style and I feel the same way about these books they're so different from each other that I think that it works better I think that if they've been closer in tone or had, there hadn't been a huge break I think either run would have been just compared to the other um, and this way I think they get to stand on their own more uh, next up is Darth Vader number 25 I really dug this I thought it was really good um it was super messed up, but it, it was very cool. I like the, first of all, I like the coda. I thought the coda was actually really cool. Uh, but the main story definitely felt like earned. It felt like it capped a nice two-year-long story. Um, everything kind of came to roost, so to speak. Um, Dr. Afra. I think what, I was almost a little let down by what happened to Dr. Afra. Um, you know, in right afterwards. Um, just because I, I felt like it, not that it cheapened it, but it just, it was such a badass kind of moment, and seeing her survive, I was almost disappointed in it. Um, that being said, I like the character, and I'm excited to see what they do with her upcoming book. Um, but this was, this was, this was a very solid, solid read. Um, again, it, it, it felt worth it, um, at the end of the day. And, uh, so many covers. Um, but no, this was really well done. I think this book all the way through has just been really engaging and interesting. I like how they do the credits um, at the very end. I like it's a movie. So it was written by Kieran Gillen, artwork by Salvador La Roca. Uh, brilliant stuff. Just absolutely brilliant. The coda is by Kieran Gillen and Max Fumara, and I thought that was actually really interesting as well. I'm going to give it an, another uh, another very well-deserved 8 out of 10. Uh, next up, after Darth Vader, and I'm going to be sad to see the book go, because I think it was a really solid, solid title. We have uh, Detective Comics 942, which caps off the, you know, more or less filler kind of feeling storyline of Night of the Monster Men, numbers, and this is part six. Uh, the issue is written by Steve Orlando, well, script, uh, story by Steve Orlando and James Dean the fourth, Steve Orlando handling the script, and Andy McDonald on the art. I thought Andy McDonald's artwork was fantastic, uh, great sensibility. Um, that being said, the storyline did feel very, especially near the end, started to feel much more fillerish. Um, I, I think it started out stronger uh, in the earlier chapters, and it just got sillier and sillier by the end. I'm going to give this issue maybe more of a six. Um, it just didn't really captivate me in the same way that the previous issues had. Previous issues were weird, but they still had this. There's this very cinematic quality. This felt a little, a lot smaller. Now the big one. De uh, the An Amazing Spider-Man event, Dead No More, The Clone Conspiracy. Number one. This issue is written by Dan Slott, artwork by Jim Chung. Jim Chung's artwork here is absolutely gorgeous. It comes right out on the heels of the last issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Um, Peter Parker dealing with the death of Jay Jameson Sr., uh, who is Aunt May's husband, or was Aunt May's husband. Um, you know, seeing them at, at the funeral... Um, the fact that Peter talking with Anna Maria about his misgivings about using the new U um, uh, technology on Jay because of the spider sense he was getting, they pay pay a visit to his 
employee's home that he'd recently put on it. Uh, they find out that you know things have not gone well because he missed his pills. Um, Spider-Man decides he's got to you know kind of break into New You to find out more, and then he finds Miles Warren. And he goes up against the new uh, what is she Electra? I don't even know what her name ended up being. I can't remember. And the Rhino, so he's ended up fighting against them. And he's able to take them out, but then he, you know, sees Gwen. It really takes him by surprise, and then he gets hit by Otto Octavius, who has apparently returned. Which we then find out more in this week's or the night, the week of the nineteenth. The new issue of Amazing Spider-Man comes out explaining exactly what's going on there. Um, then we get an absolutely fantastic backup, which I wasn't sure. First of all, the artwork is absolutely gorgeous. It's it's called The Night I Died. By Dan Slott and Ron Friends. Uh, Ron Friends was recently on the show and he was telling me, I think it was on the episode, that he was going to be doing a backup uh, in an upcoming issue of Clone Conspiracy. He said it was a very quick deadline. It just kind of popped in and they asked him to do it and he got it done. And His artwork is absolutely gorgeous here. I really, really dug it. Um, as he's doing, you know, capturing a seminal moment in, in comic history, the death of Gwen Stacy from a different perspective. In, f- in fact, it's her perspective. It's the fact that she is awake on the, uh, on the bridge when the goblin is taunting Spider-Man and she hears him say that, uh, or call Spider-Man Mr. Parker. And it's one of these moments, it kind of reminds me of um, the Batlin Jack uh, miniseries by Zeb Wells, where we find out that just before uh, Jack Murdoch died, he actually did realize that his son was Daredevil, and it changed everything about the way we viewed his death. Now, in that case, it became more uplifting. It became this amazing moment where um, him, you know, deciding to not throw the fight was because he he believed in his son. Like, this horrible, tragic, and amazing moment. Um, it was just so breathtaking. Here, it changes things, but it makes them a little bit more tragic. That At the, that at the end... Gwen knew the truth, and she was not handling it well. She was upset at Peter, which is a, a normal reaction. She's like, you were Spider-Man, you're the man who helped kill my dad. Uh, you know, why is this true? I trusted you, I believed in you. Like, it's it's, it's a rough go. Um, and, you know, you, get the, you see this, these classic moments, and it's interesting to have Gwen dying, saying, you know, you know, I'm a good person, what did I do? This isn't fair, I've led a good life. It, it was... It, it's a tough go. Now, the rest of it, her kind of conversation with um, with the Jackal, that is what it is, and seeing her and her dad was definitely interesting. Um, I almost thought the, the second half of the backup wasn't nearly as strong or as comparable as the first. It felt more perfunctory. It felt more kind of um, workmanlike in terms of just kind of moving the piece in the puzzle so that it goes a certain direction, whereas everything before that was just this tragic you know, heart-rending moment, which I thought was really effective. Overall, I thought this issue was gorgeous-looking. Um, Chung delivers some amazing artwork. Uh, it's very well written by Dan Slott. Definitely um, grabs me and pulls me in. I'm excited to see what comes next. Uh, next up is Thunderbolts, number six. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, it didn't move the storyline forward at all from the last issue, first of all. Um, it's written by Jim, Jim Zub with artwork by Sean Azak. Is Isaacs? I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. Um, this felt very forgettable. It's uh, I, I here's the thing. I think that this issue probably is better than I gave it credit for. But the problem is that the artwork is not good. I just don't think that the style of the art really captures the book and the essence. And it's 
it, it's just trying artistically it's capturing maybe an old school kind of um era that does not work for who these characters have been and it just I, I i find it really frustrating i and i think it's not jim zub's fault at all i think the storyline is actually more interesting than i can give it credit but the art is really distracting and it's just it's taking any nuance that might be in the script and ruining it and i think jim zub's trying to have some fun here he's trying to slow things up you know down and and tell different types of stories and different issues and i give him credit for trying to change pace and again do something different um i just think the artwork is not a good fit at all. I'm going to give this a five. And that's everything I'm going to have a chance to, or had a chance to read, I should say. If we look forward to the coming week, some of the highlights coming up next week will include new issues of uh, Aquaman, Batman, Cyborg, uh, Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, uh, Green Lanterns, uh, Justice League, uh, Nightwing, Raven, Superman, Trinity, A-Force, all-new X-Men, Amazing Spider-Man, Astonishing Ant-Man, Black Panther, Black Widow, uh, Captain America, Sam Wilson, Carnage, Deadpool, Back in Black, Death of X, Doctor Strange, Infamous Iron Man, Mighty Thor, Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, Sil- yeah, sorry, Silk, Spider-Gwen, Spider-Woman, Uncanny Humans, and Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. So thanks again for listening to this episode. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like, like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also listen to us on Stitcher. We've got some great stuff coming up over the next couple months. We have conversations coming up with Dan Jurgens, like I mentioned, uh, Eric Larson, Fred Van Lente, um, Mark Buckingham, and a few others. So uh, hopefully we'll have some really great content coming up over the next few uh, weeks and a couple months. Um, in a few weeks, we're going to have our Doctor Strange movie episode as well. So a lot of good stuff. We're going to try and get Devin Grayson back on the show at some point. So uh, I think you'll really dig uh, some of the upcoming episodes we have planned. So thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.